Alright, alright, alright. Hi everybody, this is Nerdcyclopedia. Yeah. I'm your NPR host, Scott. Hi, <laughs> hi, hi Sam. How are you today? Hello, Scott. How are you doing today? Just kidding. We're gonna get hype. This is Nerdcyclopedia. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> you, should see, you should see the dance I'm doing right now. Uh, uh, That's a fake out opening. That's oh. what they call it in the industry of Nerdcyclopedia Podcast Industrial Complex. <laughs> Industrial Complex. What's That's going right. on, Scott? Oh, what's up, Sam? How are you doing today? All right, all right. I'm doing just fine, just Good. fine in this dreary day. You know, it's kind of raining outside of my window right now, you know. It's always raining. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Pretty much that's how it goes, you know. But we are here. Yes. Yes, we decided to do this. Yeah, today. Today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we got a um, few things coming up here. So um, this is one of our um, – Oh, as we were, me and Scott were preparing for this, or Scott and I was preparing for this, this is one of our more difficult weeks because the letter O <laughs> yeah. doesn't present a whole bunch as far as um, great, you know, pop culture, you know, comic book, nerd, you know, type stuff. So we're doing our best here, guys. So no hashtag Sam, no hashtag hey Scott this week, please. Look, what you have to understand is that most words – don't start with vowels. So <laughs> when we get to these vowel episodes. Right. You know, especially, <laughs> it's a lot harder than to do an episode like last week where we just had oodles and the oodles of ends, you know. We, yeah. Now, oodles is the first thing we've got to talk about. So <laughs> utilized in many ways, many times in the marketing of noodles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they taste good, I mean, because it's a bunch of them, oodles. Oodles. Just, just when you thought you were done with the noodles. <laughs> Here, it's more oodles. They got oodles more. Oh, man. All right. So, But we did find some O's, so we yes. will try our best to entertain you with what we got. We found enough to, to warrant spending some time talking about it. I don't know yes, we if did. we found enough to be entertaining. That's, okay. <laughs> that's something that remains to be seen. And we will make challenge. the attempt. It's a challenge I'm willing to accept, honestly. So all right. All right. All right, so um, let's begin with Odin. Odin. He, he's a he's a good Odin to start off with because he's a um, he's a god. Uh, now, are we doing the mythological Odin? Or we could are we do, doing. We could the, do both. We could do both. Should we do them at the same time? Because they're not super dissimilar, right? Right, right, right. They're pretty much I the mean, same in a um in a. I mean, let's start off with where it originate Norse mythology. Yes, in Norse mythology, Odin is kind of the Zeus type character he's in charge of he's like the king god he's in charge of everything uh-huh um, some differences so in Greek mythology you may be familiar with Zeus had a tendency to turn himself into like a human or appear to people as like goats and stuff and father children right and Odin would do that too and he would show up as like a, a drifter you know oh like okay if you, if you picture you know Bill Bixby and the Incredible Hulk TV show that's okay. essentially Odin. Uh, except, you know, there were, weren't cars. It was just, you know, buggies. So, Odin had, he was going from town to town and had um, reporters following him? Or a reporter following Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know how a reporter would follow him. But someone <laughs> must have written down some of this stuff since it definitely happened. Since it definitely happened. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> he so, had his own Jack, uh, what was his name? Jack. <laughs> 
Uh, the, what, from the Incredible Hulk, I forgot his name, Jack something. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, um, he used to follow um, Bruce Banner around all the time. On a sidebar, and I know we're not talking about the Incredible Hulk, but on a sidebar, I just think it's hilarious that they wouldn't be able to find the Incredible Hulk. Like, think about that for a second, right? Like, uh, the Incredible Hulk's running around, and no one would know exactly where he is. <laughs> a big green guy. It just... Well, what happened? A lot of green things just jumped from mountaintop to mountaintop. It's right over there. What did What did you see him? Well, now he's just a mild mannered guy. This is the guy over there with all the tattered clothes, standing standing on top of the skyscraper. I don't know how he got up there. If you just follow the, if you just go to the end of all the chaos, the guy standing there that's like half naked. That's probably the Hulk. That's probably the Hulk. Listen, I'm just a simple farmer in this scenario. <laughs> but if it were me, that's the one I'd shoot. Anyway, back to Odin. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so Odin was um, given primacy over the battlefield, and he employed a uh, a team, if you will, of uh, his daughters that he called Valkyries. Okay. And when you died in battle and you were brave, you would the Valkyries would come and claim you from the battle and take you to Odin's hall, which was known as Valhalla. Oh, okay. And what's interesting about Norse mythology is that um, he was taking these these warriors to uh, uh, to come and form an army to fight uh, evil, basically. And that right. there was going to be a time when the gods would die in a battle, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why there's so much death metal that comes out of Scandinavia, by the way. Because they're all fatalistic. Mostly because of that. It's a cultural thing. It's okay, though. <laughs> Okay. Don't get a lot of sunlight most of the year, you know. <laughs> That's tend that tend to be like what what was happening, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's dark. No, no sunlight just brings darkness to your music, <laughs> right? I mean, listen, I like that stuff. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad music; it's good. I'm mm-hmm. just saying uh, you can trace, you can trace it. You know, it brings a certain type of charm, right? Right. So that's that's like mythological Odin. Yes, uh, and he would. Uh, uh, he to create the universe. He sacrificed himself on a tree and got himself all cut up. Like I said, it's very different than um, uh, modern monotheist religions, right? It's just a different, uh, uh, you know. It's just different, I guess. The yeah, way I think about it. yeah. Oh, the character I was thinking about from the Hulk was Jack McGee. He was oh, a yeah. reporter, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> following, um, chasing Incredible Hulk. You know, trying to find out, you know, what what was going on with him, but. Anyway, that's who you need to hear nor there. We're on Odin. So yes. um, the the modern version, um, right. or at least the most popular version. Well, so uh, re- w- w- would re- you say it's popular because um, if we're getting are we getting on the Marvel version now? Yes, we can move on. That's about all that there is necessary, I think, to say. Other than um, no, that's it. We're good. We're okay. So so the Thor wasn't really. Thor was a popular character um, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, Marvel, but he wasn't an overall, like, you know, household name like he is now because of the Marvel movies. So bringing Odin into that picture of the Marvel version of Odin um, brings brings a lot of a lot of a, a lot of casual people into the fold as far as knowing who Odin is now, I guess. Mm-hmm. So you got the Marvel version of Odin. Um, I think he was created back in um, um, 1962. In, right. uh, first appeared into the, the journey of Mi- journey into mystery, yep. Um, eighty five and um, Stanley and Jack Kirby created the Marvel version of Odin, and their twist on um, Norse mythology to fit their fit their universe. 
Yes, and it's sort of like they rebooted Norse mythology, if you want to think of it like that, like how we have 17 Spider-Mans and they're all under <laughs> 35 years old. Right. Well, this is another, you know, another uh, conception. Anthony Hawkins played him, which was honestly a perfect casting choice. Yes, uh, yes. Often, oftentimes Anthony Hawkins is, which is, I think, just a, he's really good. I think is really what he's, I mean to say. He's sort of like perfect cast in almost anything he does. <laughs> yeah, if he accepts the role, you know, he'll be good in it, basically. Uh, perfect and, casting. <laughs> right. So they're, they're kind of presented like aliens, right? Because that's how they do. And they've interacted with Earth, and that's why, um, you know, mythology exists. Just So this is kind of like an ancient alien sort of revision mm-hmm. of Norse mythology, uh, which is very interesting, of course. Um, and... Basically, he basically he he essentially says like Thor, you know, you're kind of an ass, and so he's like off to Earth with you, right? That's kind right. of right. That's it. He's right. Like, Get out of here, Thor. And then, <laughs> <laughs> Thor's like, all right. He throws the hammer down. He What's throws right? the hammer down. The hammer's down. <laughs> and Thor has to, you know, become not not an ass to pick the hammer up. And like you were saying, how how Thor and the Incredible Hulk, right? Uh, we they both had incarnations in the '80s. We were talking about how the Marvel universe uh, mm-hmm. has, uh, you know, was it Thor wasn't a household name, right? You can Google pictures of the Thor movie that was made in the '80s. <laughs> oh no, no, no! If, if you want to no. do it, you can do it. No. And what's hilarious is that <laughs> it's, it's obvious that. The that the movie, well, the movie came <laughs> into households. Is that what you're praising? Trying to say, <laughs> right? You can pretty much tell that. Uh, uh, yeah, you can pretty much tell that that's uh, <laughs> that's not uh, not the same sort of budget, right? Yeah, that is definitely not um uh two thousand uh, uh budget versus what happened back then. That's crazy. Now, I didn't know that Odin actually had a last name in, in uh, Marvel mythology. It's Borson. So he was mm-hmm. the son of Bor. <laughs> right. You know, he was one of the first Asgardians. So yeah. I guess that explains why um, they, they call Thor Odinson, you know, because he's the son of Odin, right? Right. So yep. he's, Thor, he's Thor like Odinson. Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm picking this up, people. <laughs> <laughs> So that is uh, that's uh, that's what Odin is. Yeah, you know. he's uh, portrayed as a schemer who's been able to prevent Ragnarok because he got uh, word, and so a lot of the Asgardian things that are happening are right. schemes of his to prevent the end of existence right. because of the fighting with. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I'm guessing will be the plot of the movie coming out in a couple of years or this year or whatever. Yeah, it's coming out this year, later in November. So we'll probably be talking a lot more about that. Um, so check our podcast, our um, um, Nerd Inum podcast, come November, talking about Thor Ragnarok. We're gonna probably do a lot of Nerd Inums this year, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come it, to come right? to come to think about it, right? Not to digress into podcast, but, but you know, they did uh, just to timestamp this. They did just release the title of episode eight like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So that's you know. So yeah, we're gonna be doing a lot of nerd items in the next year. Excited yep. about it. Yep. Frankly. Yep. Awesome. Now we um, have another famous um, O what? that a lot of people should should know because he oh. should be a household name. Otto Octavius. Oh, the good doctor. Doctor Octopus, people. Oh. <laughs> now, if you don't know who Doctor Octopus is, you just should not be a nerd. 
<laughs> the um legendary he he's one of the um rogues gallery a vi- vi- villains rogues gallery of Spider-Man, you know, one mm-hmm. of the um one of the main ones among like Green Goblin, you know, Shocker, uh Electro, you got um Doc Doc Ock as as, as Spider-Man will call him. <laughs> I would say that for me he's he's the seminal you know, he's the seminal uh Seminole Spider-Man Spider-Man villain, yeah. Yeah, for me, he's the, he's definitely the number one because there's so much. You know, he's a scientist who goes and sues uh, mm-hmm. creation. You know, kind of drives him insane. Uh huh. And he's got eight limbs like a spider. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's constantly trying to prove the, his, him, you know, himself. Right. 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 He's he's interested in himself, and Peter's not. Yeah, he's very very self um, <laughs> aware of himself, basically. Yeah. Self-centered, um, yeah. He think he thinks a lot of his intelligence and everything, and um, he considers Spider-Man um, not on his level. But for whatever reason, Spider-Man does a lot of stuff to for his plans, and of course, he gets um, super frustrated and everything because he just right. feels he's so much more smarter. Well, he doesn't realize who he doesn't know who Spider-Man is, you know. Right. He doesn't know it's Peter, mm-hmm. and uh, Peter obviously is a genius level intellect as well. Right, uh, which we'll be talking about next week. So I don't want to spoil, you know. Right. Uh, next week, I'm sure we'll be talking. We'll probably talking about Peter Parker next week, right? Like, I mean, you would imagine. And in the P, well, you know, let's not not go too far into the um the, the future podcast. But yeah, hey. that's a that's that's a teaser. You know, give him a little a little taste, <laughs> a little taste and taste, taste and tease, a little taste of the future. That's all right. <laughs> it's like Crystal Pepsi, right? It's like drinking the future. There's nothing What's wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Right. <laughs> But yeah, so, and uh, we can also speak to the movies, the movie universe kind of treated separately. And I, I thought that, mm-hmm. because Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man. Best Spider-Man, I yep. I, I feel like that's, uh, we're in a So far. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I guess we can't speak to Homecoming yet. I'm optimistic. But yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it hasn't come out yet, so, you know, so far the second Spider-Man is the best Spider-Man. So yes, yes. you're right. Okay. So, uh, I really liked Alfred Molina's portrayal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed the... Uh, the slow madness, right? Uh, although the future reaction thing, whatever. That's obvious. I feel like that's what the Doomsday Machine thing is a red herring. It doesn't really matter what the thing is. Yeah, Whether it's the Tesseract or like a trope, know, a typical yeah. trope. You know, right? So. so he builds a Doomsday Machine. Everyone realizes it's gonna, you know, mm-hmm. kill a lot of people. Right. And he doesn't care because he's right. just interested in in proving that you know he was right and he can do a stable fusion reaction no matter what the cost. Right. If it's half of New York, yeah, he, it was a um, but uh, but it was a well done movie. I mean, despite the tropes and everything, which you typically have in superhero movies, it was still a well done movie about um the origin and the um. Did he die at the end? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The um the the beginning and the end of um Doctor Octopus. Well, he comes back, right? So Peter manages to like reach him. Right. And he's like, hey man, these legs are making you do bad. Stuff. Uh-huh. So, and he's like, "You're right. This is not <clears throat> good. That I'm using the science to kill everyone. <laughs> to kill everyone. <laughs> it's like science-based genocide has been proven as a immoral, <laughs> moral idea <laughs> many times. So he, you know, he helps uh, helps Peter. Tells Peter to get out of here, and then he sacrifices himself to at the end. Which yeah. made, of course, a good, uh, you know, good." Uh, Oh, that was that was kind of uh, noble of him, you know. <laughs> Darth, Vader, Darth Vader turned back, right? 
Yeah, another trope. So you know, but still, well done movie. Yeah, Spider Man Two's good. All right. Yeah. All right. So, um, well, okay. So you you say he's the number. He's a seminal of uh, the you you uh, the seminal number one um, Spider Man villain. I I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Hmm. So. The one I was thinking about as a secret identity of Osborne, i.e. Norman Osborne, a.k.a. the legendary number one Spider-Man villain, Green Goblin. Yeah, you got that. See, I I, I understand that there are going to be differences of opinion. Out. You don't don't consider Green Goblin Spider-Man's number one villain? I, I just don't. Oh wow! I, I think Doctor Octopus. Wow. I just feel like Doctor Octopus is better. Oh, I, don't, uh, I don't. I guess I don't have. A, so why don't you? Why don't you tell me? Why don't you tell me why I'm wrong here? All right. And why don't you? Why don't you throw some hashtag hate Scott at us and and we'll see what what happens. So Green Goblin throws pumpkins. Number one. <laughs> and not <laughs> <laughs> not one. He has two. He has a bag full of them. <laughs> he rides a goblin glider. You know. And he looks like a goblin, you know. And his first incarnation was um, the the green and um, purple outfit, which I would desperately wish they would bring back instead of actually making him a full fledged goblin. But um, but yeah, and he 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 smiles like the Joker. I mean, that's enough said, right, for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Norman Osborn. He was a um, he, he, I, I think Stanley and um, you know um, Steve Ditko really delved a lot into his character because they really they uh, among a lot of the other villains that they did create for Spider-Man I think with him um given the fact that he had the son had his son you know Harry Osborn um being mm-hmm. a um um a student or a friend of Pete you know as when they were in high school and everything um right. it created like a really great mystery when they finally revealed that he that Norman Osborn was the um you know, his father and um, he was the Green Goblin. So Spider-Man, Peter Parker was really surprised and shocked by that. So it was sort of like a soap opera thing back in like the 60s, you know, the, the mid-60s when the Goblin was created. And um, he came before um, Doc Ock. So <laughs> that's why I consider him the number one. So because he's older. Yeah, yeah, so older, yeah. So older is better. Yes, older is always better. Yes, <laughs> yes. He who came first finishes... Um, last, I don't know how that goes. So the so you you like the uh, the pumpkin the pumpkin throwing thing? Come on, in compar- man! In comparison to uh, you know four robotic limbs that can you now, know, indestructible. Not not now that's science based, but any villain that can throw lighted pumpkins may has to be like somewhere up there. <laughs> Fire-based pumpkins. Who makes fire-based pumpkins as their teenagers every <laughs> Halloween? And they throw them at your car. And you tell them, you tell them to get off your. <laughs> You're gonna tell me that that's better than? Man, I don't have any any. Oh, kind of they, to my spine. oh man. Okay. Well, I guess it would be an adventure attaching some to your spine. Oh my goodness gracious. Whew. Okay, spy. Okay, that's that's where your hashtags come back in now, people. We're bringing them back. So uh, just just you know, um, email us at nerdcyclopedia at um, nerdcyclopedia podcast at gmail dot com or uh, get us on Twitter hashtag hate Sam or hashtag hate Scott, which is the better version. I mean, which is the better villain, um, Green Goblin or Doctor Octopus? 
Yeah, so you can choose between, you know, uh, a uh, super smart, super intelligent scientist with the capacity to destroy all of mankind, or a, a dude <laughs> on a on a on a, uh, a, a, sn- a snowboard basically <laughs> with a jet. Wow, a snowboard that hucks up pumpkins at uh, at Spider Man. So, what a, okay, so so what about um, okay, so let's get to his identity, Norman Osborn. Yes, he's a which is multi. Why qualifies, by the way. Yes, <laughs> so just, just he's a multi um, in in uh, later comic book lore. He's a multi-billion-dollar you know um, um, mogul of the Oscorp Corporation, who was he was behind a lot of different stuff. He financed the Sinister Six. <laughs> so um, yeah, so so he 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 really gets um, he really gets a lot you know towards the Spider Man as far as. Getting all the villains together and making them team up towards, you know, getting Spider-Man. Oscorp is sort of seen as, it's like the Wayne Corp of the Spider-Man universe, you know? Yes. So it's got weapons development and military contracts. And it's, uh, he's also got the super soldier serum. It's kind of a little bit like what Captain America has in effect. Right. You know, it's not, maybe not exactly the same. And Captain America is always seen as having the best one. Right. Because, you know, he's going to make him go insane and put on a green outfit and start throwing pumpkins at people. <laughs> yeah. So that's something that didn't happen. <clears throat> although he did, although he was, and listen, this is to be fair here, uh-huh. Captain America did have a violent streak and was known to assault Nazis on a regular basis. <clears throat> yeah, that was Some, Sometimes highly ranking elected leaders mm, would assault okay. them with his fists. <laughs> he was kind of violent there, huh? And oftentimes with his words as well, which hurt <laughs> much more, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, especially coming from Captain America there, huh? Right. <laughs> Boom. Right. Punching Hitler right in the face. So, yeah, so... <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's what Oscorp is. So a lot of the research that goes into... Um, like, the stuff that gets stolen that turns... You know, that people tend to use to run amok. Right. A lot of it's Oscorp stuff. So in the right. cartoons, they have, have made those scorpions or whatever. Right. They were basically just an ad for a toy that I wanted, um, <laughs> and and uh, like the Sandman. All these all these guys get all their stuff from Oscorp. So even when Norman is not, you know, willfully funding Spider-Man's enemies, he's de facto doing it because yeah, he's developing his corporation, right? Right. Because he's constantly trying to develop things that can be used to kill Spider-Man. And the number one person that's interested in that technology is the Spider-Man villain. So that's his market. Really, for this anti-Spider-Man technology, <laughs> and that's Norman Osborn. And then you got his son Harry Osborn, who was a um. Didn't he become the like the second Green Goblin at some point? Yeah, I mean that's like a storyline where he sort of you know uh, continued on his dad's legacy of really not liking Spider-Man very much. Yeah, them Osborns, uh, they don't like Spider-Man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Those James Francos, I mean Osborns. Like <laughs> right. All you right. see how my dad's like, look, dude, your dad was kind of trying to... <laughs> he was trying your to kill was, me? Listen, man, your dad was trying to murder me with pumpkins. <laughs> Pumpkin weird, bombs. It was a weird plan. He stabbed himself uh-huh. with his, you know, with his jetpack suit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, it, 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 as far as that first movie, that Spider-Man movie, that was a horrible-looking Green Goblin. Yeah. That was a toy-looking Green Goblin. But it's like plastic. Yeah, I mean, uh, okay. The guy who played him was pretty good, though. He's he's like a um, 
He's pretty Willem decent. Good. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was the actor good. was he good, was... but yeah, I mean, it looked like you know those you know how, like video games looked back then, all like blocky and polygony. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it yeah, looked like. It looked like, it looked like. I feel like they designed the PS One game for uh-huh. <laughs> first, and then they're like, all right. Well. <laughs> Sam Raimi's like that design is perfect. Mm-hmm. Let's just take that thing and put it in the real world. They're like, it's 15 polygons, and he's like, sold. Bad it's decision. Like, Bad it's like you had me at this is what the Green Goblin looks like. You had mm-hmm. me. Right. All right, so um, that's Nor- That's the Osborns, Oscorp, yeah, yeah, Osborns, yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. So um, let's go over to, like, the Distinguished Competition Ooh. and talk about Ozymandias. What? Yes. Ozymandias. Oh, Legendary um, comic book character from the um, a seminal fiction of work, a work of fiction um, called The Watchmen. <laughs> yes, yes, and also a very famous poem <clears throat> by uh, Percy Shelley. Huh. Uh, which you may not are you aware of this? No, and I'm not. Can, and before we get into Ozymandias the villain, we can also okay. say that's a, that's also the title of the greatest episode of television history. Okay. Season five, episode fourteen of Breaking Bad. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Where the yes. chickens finally come home to roost. And remember, before they, uh, when they were promoting the second half of the fifth season, or what right. I really just, I mean, I understand why they can't call it the sixth season because of contract stuff. Right, actors. right. Technically, they'd have to pay them more and all this other right. stuff. Right, But they had, you know, Brian Cranston read the poem, mm-hmm. and the idea of it is basically, you know, that nothing that, uh, uh, you know, that nothing basically that, uh, you do will matter, and the sands of time will wash over everything humanity does. It's that basically, that's the idea of it, right? Right. That all your great works will crumble because we're mortal and we'll all be dead, you know, rather swiftly. Right. Know, in comparison to the cosmic time stream. Right. So, uh, so this was what they were. So there was these um, promos where Walter White would read the poem. Okay. And show the vast New England, de- you know, I'm sorry, New Mexico desert, the New England desert. Oh my goodness, what's wrong? <laughs> Sorry, guys. The AC Championship game is this week, and I'm still in the morning. <laughs> uh, still thinking about it. I wish there was a desert in New England right now. <laughs> so, nope. No comment. All right. So, so basically, so the season, this season, the, the cut, in case you've just watched it on Netflix, is right after mm-hmm. Hank basically finds out that Walter is Heisenberg. So he, he finds out, you know, oh, man, Walter's the guy I've been searching for this whole time, right? Right, right. And... Um, so the whole second, the whole second half of the fifth season, the last season, uh-huh. the early season, uh-huh. is all about you know the end of Walter White's empire, right? And Walt has already you know been making this millions upon millions of dollars in the methamphetamine trade. He's eliminated all his competition or anyone that could inform on him, right? And he's working with these neo Nazis. And um, this episode begins right as soon as the neo Nazis show up to. Walter's money hoard. Right, right. And, uh, man, it's a good episode. Yeah, I gotta so, go back and watch that again. Um, um, I saw the um, fifth season maybe like twice, you know, as I was going back through the whole thing again. And since um, Better Call Saul is coming back up, I'd probably like to go through that one more time. But, um, yeah, I gotta go back and look at that again. Yeah, so, like, uh, yeah, I mean it's it's oh boy, quite an it's episode. A really good episode. It's yeah. a really good episode of TV, and it's no, it's widely regarded as the best one. But it's where the chickens finally come home to roost for Walt. Yeah, yeah, and when the um as far as that series is concerned, when the chickens come home to roost, they really come home. 
Oh boy! <laughs> I'm trying not to get too spoilery. The stuff funny. stuff hits the fan, people. So go go watch. Um, if you haven't watched the Breaking Bad, well, just watch it as a whole piece of work, and then it built. And, and the way the build up happens to that particular episode, I mean, you can't really just you know start in maybe like the third season or the fourth season, or maybe you can. But to really appreciate everything when that build up, um, you know, comes in that um, in that um, Ozymandias episode, it really mm-hmm. makes it worth it. So start from the beginning and be patient is all I can say. Oh yeah, you gotta let it go, and you gotta remember there was a television writer's strike, or else the whole thing would be different. Just something to really ponder. Right. Yep. Yep. All right. So um, guys, guys, owes a thin letter. So <laughs> oh, 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 this is not going to be. Your regular sort of episode. We're doing a lot more free association. And <laughs> as things come up that we can use, we're going to use it. <laughs> and, and remember, we'll be going back through this again on the um, the, the second <laughs> the second season of um, Nerd Cyclopedia. <laughs> I thought we were doing numbers next time. <laughs> All right, what starts with one? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, that is hilarious. Oh, man. All right, so the other half of um, what we wanted to talk about as far as Ozymandias was um, the character. Yeah, what's Sam going to? um, No, no, that was a very great, um, because, I mean, that's O, and, um, you know, you have to sort of preface it, and it sort of of has similarities to the Watchmen character, um, Adrian Vittit. Is that how you pronounce it, Vittit? Yeah. Yes. Um, cause he wanted, he wanted to make it appear like, you know, it was the end of the world, uh, with that, um, ending, you know, spoiler for anyone who at this 30 year stage that <laughs> didn't watch Watchmen or didn't, um, you know, read Watchmen. He wanted to make it appear when, um, that octopus exploded. Was that octopus? Yeah, that was a, um, that it was a, um, alien yeah. in the middle of Manhattan to get, to make, sh- to, to get the world, um, to make the world come together because at the time there was so much discourse going on that, you know, it was just nuclear threats. The the clock was, you know, about to hit. It was just a scary time, you know, back in the mid eighties and everything that mm-hmm. um, he had to create that, that, that monster and tell it teleported to Manhattan to make it appear that the world was coming to an end or a, that there was going to be like an alien invasion. And it did, you know, to a degree, but, um, you know, in his mind, that was his his ultimate goal, and whether it, that made him appear as a villain, I mean, it was a matter of perspective. Um, the feeling of the feeling in the um, in the story was that if nothing happened, the world was going to come to an end anyway. If there was going to be a nuclear disaster between like the the you know the world wars are coming on like a World War Three. So, um, what do you think? I think that. Uh so, uh, it's hard to it's hard to classify. I think that uh, Ozymandias is someone who is very complicated from a philosophical standpoint, and um, one of the things. That, so there's utilitarian philosophy, and then there's like um, objective moralistic philosophy. Right. So what he's this is like a, a writ large version of the trolley experiment. Have you ever heard of that? Huh. Okay. So it's an idea where there's a trolley and there is, um, on the track it's going right now, there are four people tied up, right? Okay. And there's a switch. And on the track you'd be switching the trolley uh, to, there would be one person tied up. Okay. And you can either throw the switch 
save the four people, but actively kill the one person, right? Okay, wow. Or you can do nothing, save the one person, and allow the four people to die, but not having acted uh, actively in it. Okay. And Ozymandias, his plan is essentially that he could save some people, right? Because he's uh-huh. on Antarctica, and he's uh-huh. not, you know, he could work with Dr. Manhattan and be like, yo, let's get some people. Because Dr. Manhattan could just change reality, right? Like he right. Just, He's, uh, he's essentially an omnipotent, uh, omniscient being. Right, right. So he, uh, so instead of doing that, right, instead of working to save everyone, he needs humanity to be able to save himself. Itself. Right. Because he's noted that Dr. Manhattan has uh, lost interest in his uh-huh. humanity and uh-huh. in being, you know, having anything to do with humanity, basically. He's just ready to do some other stuff. Right. So he, we can't rely on him. Like, you can't rely on Dr. Manhattan to save everybody, right? Right. So he's in a position where if he allows nuclear war to continue, eventually something will happen. Dr. Manhattan won't be there, right? Right. <clears throat> to stop the war from happening. And um, he knows they can't rely on that. Uh, because also, Dr. Manhattan existing means that leaders know that nuclear war can't happen, right? Right. So they have. So that's one of the reasons they have such an aggressive posture. Also, it's important to note that the American watchman is – is led by like an eighth-term president, Richard Nixon, and won the Vietnam War easily by just sending Dr. Manhattan to just annihilate everybody right. that was against them. Right. <clears throat> and that's one of the reasons why the tensions are so high, is that you know, America is much more jingoistic and aggressive in this timeline than it is in, um, in the real time. In, in the real time, or in reality. You know, right. But, so our, Alan Moore presented sort of like a, a heightened sense of reality at the time. Yes. Of um, you know trying to pretend a, what, what if superheroes were real and this actually is what would have happened or right. what could happen you know at that at that time actually it wasn't about superheroes it was about really the first superhero which was um, Doctor Manhattan where everyone else was like masked Avengers adventurers is what we said yeah right mm-hmm. right so um, yeah yeah it was a um, it was a, a seminal a seminal work. By um, Mr. Moore and uh, what was it, Dave Gibbons? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so <clears throat> so Ozymandias is very interesting because he posits that is it better to allow humanity to destroy itself at large, or is it better to intervene in the process of intervening, kill you know a couple million people, right? Right. At least a couple million people, but at the same time unite humanity. Well, that's so what he thinks. Um, lo and behold, at the end of the book, like I said, spoiler for anyone who didn't read <laughs> The Watchmen, <laughs> before Rorschach died, he documented everything that um, Ozymandias was suppo- was going to be doing and delivered it to, um, had it delivered before, you know, the um, the, the octopus exploded in uh, Manhattan, delivered mm-hmm. it to that, that um, newspaper. And then the... Um, the intern found it. <laughs> right. And he was taking scientists out, anyone that had any sort of expertise in uh, telepathy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, like, artists. Right. And he was having them design, like, the entire alien, like, the history of the alien civilization and the entire history of, um, you know, what the, what the universe looked like. So when this being was teleported into reality, mm-hmm. uh-huh. it let out this, this psychic, like, Last, right? Right. And even the people that weren't killed by that, because it was a 
humongous, you know, basically everyone in New York City was killed by it, but people all the way out to Chicago had that vivid memory that basically was implanted in them that this was real. Right. So, yeah, super. Yeah, really that's crazy. That's what it would do. Mm-hmm. Really crazy. All right, so. Um... And then, and then, so Ozymandias causes the other heroes into another moral conundrum. Right. Where they can tell the truth, Right. Right. That will wreck all the work he did and mean that all the people died for no reason. Mm-hmm. Or they can let it go, right? Right. And uh, everybody's like utilitarian except for Rorschach, who's an absolutist. And so, you know, Dr. Knight had this kind of splatters him. Yeah. And that's right. what I'm saying. So he, um, you know, so he thinks, okay, everything's just going to be okay until. Um, but, I mean, no one, know, no one knew that Rorschach, you know made notations throughout the whole you know throughout the whole book of everything of all his thoughts of everything that was about to come to pass so um yeah yeah that's that's Ozymandias Ozymandias mm-hmm. yep pretty awesome villain there now here's another one that I think you might like mm. um another O from a very popular um TV series that started out in in um UK and sort of finished itself out in the U.S. Mm. That was The Office. Ooh, The Office. I do like that. That's one of yes, my favorite shows. Yes. I was just remarking that yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's one of my yeah. favorite shows. The Office, of course, ran in the United States on NBC and in Britain on BBC Four. Mm-hmm. And created by Richie, Richie Gervais. Right? Yep. Yep. Richie Gervais, Gervais and Steve Merchant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richie, uh, Ricky's um, Gervais. He was the um, character of David Brent. Yeah, David Brent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always wanted them to do like a. Um, even though they did, he did actually appear on the Office of the Michael Michael Scott for like maybe a scene. I mm-hmm. I really wanted them to do like a full episode with um, David Brent because he was just so nutty <laughs> in that UK office. It was just hilarious. There's like a tonal dis. The, the, the office, the American office, is more optimistic than the British office. Right, right. David Brent is not a character that's redeemable. In fact, <laughs> in fact, there's a new Netflix series coming out about what his life is like as like a G-list celebrity in Britain. He's touring around with his band, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> and he's just not self-aware in any way, and never became self-aware, and never changed. Right? <laughs> and the idea was, will this person grow up? Was kind of a question about. About uh-huh. the office, but the office in, in England was much more like cringy and like oh, it was severely understated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You had the to office. really be into, um, I guess, the office to really appreciate where the origins came from. Because mm-hmm. on the surface, you watch that com, you watch the UK um, version, and you're like, "What the heck is this?" You know, it's not the one I'm used to, or what have you. But when you really see what the nuances that they were doing, I mean, that guy, like you said, is truly irredeemable. You know, right. he's just hilarious. Like, there's nothing under underneath him mm-hmm. that makes him, like, have any sort of humanity that you're interested in interfacing with. <laughs> he just is self-absorbed. Right. And, and as a contrary, uh-huh. in the American office... What evolved, and this is something I didn't realize until very late, uh-huh. very late, is that there was an, an overarching story mm-hmm. of um, Michael Scott evolving into a person who uh-huh. the, the people in the office actually want to work with and for most uh-huh. of I mean, right. Not Stanley. Stanley never liked him. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> and he was, he was never nice enough to Toby. <laughs> but when Not he, at all. He, when he left in season seven, he was regarded as someone that was beloved by the, uh, the characters of the office. Like, no one was happy to see him go. Right. And I think if, they'd, if he'd gotten fired in season two or season three, it would have been totally different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Totally so there was like an optimism of, of redemption that was uh, present in the American side that was not present as much on the British side. So there well, are some the, parallels between the two as well. So there are some characters that are kind of present or trope characters that are present on both well, ends. Well, the Michael, the Michael Scott version, I mean, uh, oh, he wasn't playing like a version of what David Brent was or who uh-huh. David Brent was, but he was just totally oblivious to everything around him. That's what right. just made it really so hilarious, <laughs> you know. Um, <clears throat> he wanted everyone to like him. Right, right, right. And and um, he just wanted that. That's like it was his primary motivation. Uh-huh. And David Brent wanted everyone to admire him, uh-huh. which is just a little bit different, but it's subtle. Subtle. Subtly different and importantly different. Right. Um, but Michael, like, uh, <laughs> Michael always had this sort of, patheticness about him that made him uh-huh. like pitiable right so when um uh like for instance there's an episode of the british office where david brent like interrupts a training seminar to start playing guitar uh-huh oh man that's that's and it's just like so bad he starts talking about how he had a band but in the american office you know they have like a kid's day and michael right. says oh i was on tv one time and <laughs> there's like I, I can't explain. They show a video clip of him, like saying mm-hmm. that he wants, like, well, what do you want to be when you grow up, good little boy? And he's like, I want to be, uh, uh, I want to be married and have kids and have a lot of kids so that I can have friends and every all the, my kids will have to be my friends. And then right. this puppet that's interviewing him gives this gives <laughs> this look of like shock and <laughs> like horror. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, this kid. <laughs> Yeah, it was um yeah, super hilarious. Oh, one 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 thing the office did do that was pretty um um dynamic, especially as far as sitcoms works was concerned, was before that, before it was a before office and then after office. Mm-hmm. So before office, sitcoms were more or less like straight, you know, three, you know, three camera setup or uh multi camera setup. Like friends. And yeah, like friends, friends and friends is sort the, of known as the the last uh a comedic paradigm, right? Right, right. And Seinfeld, you had the, um, you know, the laugh track or the studio audience, what have you. Um, the Office did away with all that, and NBC really didn't know how this type of comedy was going to, you know, perform here in America. And essentially, when it first started, I think it was a mid-season replacement or what have you. Yes. Um, it didn't really do that well. Kind of like how Seinfeld, uh, when it first um, started, it was a different type of comedy at the time, and it really didn't take off until um, it's like second or third season. The Office pretty much started the same way. So with The Office, you had a setup of um, sort of like a reality show where, like, the survivor, you had um, the characters or the, you know, actually talking to the camera, which was sort of like a, a jarring thing when you came to, like, um, um, situation comedies or sitcoms. You know, right. back at that time period. So, you know, you had these characters who, you know, went about their lives and everything, but um, at the same instance, took time to actually talk to the cameras or talk to the audience <laughs> about the things that they were going through or the what they thought about maybe other characters and stuff. And it it was really it was really funny. It was really a way to um, um, 
to differentiate, you know, uh, the time periods of, you know, um, like I said, before office and after office sitcoms. Right. Um, and a lot of other sitcoms started taking note and doing the same thing. Um, I ate um, Parks and Rec, um, you know, other other sitcoms that were, you know, pretty much trying the same type of formula. Modern because Family. It, modern Family, It's probably yes. the most successful, mm-hmm. like, uh, mainstream one. Right, 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 right. So these all take, um, take its notes and cues from what the office was um, back in the, you know, mid-2000s. Mid right. And... Uh, yeah, so The Office was really a paradigm shifter as far as uh, what was funny. It made the careers of, um, uh, gosh, Ed Helms and Steve Carell and uh, uh, John Krasinski. John Krasinski would never have made that that uh, Benghazi movie without right, this, for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, so there's been a lot of, uh, uh, you know, there's been a lot, and there were a lot of guest stars actually that went on. Other stuff too. Oh, you know, Mindy maybe, Kaling had her her, her mm-hmm. thing out to Mindy Project, so she was really popular, you know, right. on Office. Craig Robertson, um. <laughs> yeah, okay. Daryl was always my favorite because he would just—I don't know—he just—I like Craig Robertson a lot. He's oh, he, he had that—he had that bedpan look every time Michael Scott said something stupid. Well, Michael, Michael Scott was uh, the, he had the, the salary negotiation. It's in season uh-huh. three, and uh, Craig Robertson just looks at him and goes. Uh, are you wearing ladies' clothes? <laughs> and it took place in Scranton, out of all places in know, Pennsylvania, right? Scranton. And now Scranton is known for, they have their little office annual um, parties or whatever every year celebrating the office. But Scranton was really popular and <laughs> um, because of the office. You know, right. now the show never actually filmed there, even though that you know they did do like um I think they did like the final episode there. Yeah, they filmed some stuff outside, and I think that mm-hmm. there was, um, it was pretty rare for them to do that. Right, you, know, you can definitely tell they're driving around. They're like, oh, it's about Christmas time, and you can see an exterior shot, and it's mm-hmm. obviously like not screen, like it's green, <laughs> right? Like, it's sunny. Probably so, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in Hollywood or yeah. a Hollywood studio lot, yeah. but um, they uh, they they shot the exteriors in Scranton, but. Didn't really film there, but like I said, I think the last, very last episode, they actually did the episode in, um, or majority of the episode in Scranton, hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, just a, as a way to tip their hat towards um, having Scranton as, as the, the main setting of the show. Why they picked that shit, that, that, um, <laughs> that town out of every town in America is beyond me, but, um, but I'm glad it wasn't like your regular, typical New York, New York, like a Friends or a Seinfeld or... Somewhere out in Cali or um, or L.A. or what have you, Scranton, or Cle- PA, or, or Cleveland or Pittsburgh. Now, 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 now. <laughs> but hey, yeah, Cleveland had the Drew Carey show. Yes, Cleveland did, and we'll get to that when we get to um, I guess back around the seas because I do want to talk about Drew we'll, Carey. We'll loop back around. Uh-huh. Drew Carey too. Um. But yes, Office was a very, very good TV show. It was a very good um, sitcom. It really turned my um, because I'm I'm not a big sitcom person, but that was a um, a laugh out loud. I mean, laugh out loud. You know, sitcom when I when I um, when I binge watch a lot of the episodes because <laughs> I wasn't really hip to it until maybe like its fourth season, mm-hmm. and then I had to go back and watch all the other previous episodes. I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> I would say that. 
a lot of times I'll I'll watch the end of season two, uh-huh. beginning of season three, like those twenty episodes that bookend that turn. Uh-huh. Like I'll watch those a lot. Yeah, I'll go back to them on different streaming services when I can find them. That's a, yeah, that's definitely one of my top three or four all time sitcoms. Yep. Definitely. Yep. Office. All right. Um, anything else in O? Do we have anything to the to kick out yet? Um. We can kick something out now if you want to kick something out. Um, we have a couple different. I have a couple things we can kick out. Okay. Number one is playing his odd job on Goldeneye on N64. Because that was cheating, and everyone knows it was cheating, and that's why you weren't allowed to do it. <laughs> okay. Because odd job in that game was like three feet tall. Okay. So he'd run around his odd job. You can, the auto aim wouldn't correct, right? Because it was an N64 game. Uh-huh. And uh, we discussed the, uh, you know, the polygoning, right? Okay. So that wasn't the most sophisticated uh, system of auto aim. Um, so we'd always play no odd job. Like, you weren't allowed to pick anyone you wanted as an uh-huh. avatar. Okay. But you couldn't be odd job because he was too tiny. <laughs> anyone else was fine. Everything um, else was fine. Okay. So that could go. The song okay. old, old McDonald Had a Farm, which I'm sure you're sick of hearing, uh, could, uh, <laughs> could, get, uh, <laughs> could get the boot. Uh-huh. Uh, for E-I-E-I-O. And um, we could also kick out Ouija boards. Okay. Because they're stupid. Yes, they are. I mean, to put this this um, uh, wooden thing right across all the letters and everything and have it spell something, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Come on, you're moving people. it. No, you're moving We're moving it. Say, say, say it. it. <laughs> it's like, you're what? moving it. No, you're no, we're moving it. It's a uh, spirit. It's a spirit. It's talking to. No, it's not. It's just. It's a piece of wood. And, uh, <laughs> do, you think Monop- do you think the Monopoly man's talking to us when we play Monopoly? Is that mm-hmm. he's sending us messages in the cards? Right, right, it's like, right. What? It's like, do you think Billy likes me? Oh, I'm <laughs> second place in a beauty pageant. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, you know what? Um, other oh, we uh, we we can't st- we can't do a podcast without giving us Star Wars oh. Um, we we forgot about Bell Presto Organa. Ooh, the Organas. Yes. Yeah, buddy. Oh, oh, is a pretty fertile ground for mm-hmm. Star Wars stuff because there's also Obi Wan too. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So yep. There's Kenobi. There's the Organas. So Leia Organa and Bail Organa. Um, you know, uh, Leia never took Vader's last name, so she was never known as Leia Vader. Right. Uh, <laughs> which I guess wouldn't make any sense at all. I guess uh, not. You know. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of those. Obi Wan Kenobi is, of course. You know, I think people know who that is. I don't. I don't yeah, I don't they, they, they 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 should know. But you know what? We'll save him for the next go round because it's yeah. a, um it's probably a lot of stuff that we oh, need to boy, talk about as far as some- oh boy. You know, I actually have that down. I have that on my list because that's how really? I think Quantum Leap opened up. Okay. So he was Sam would like. Yeah, so Scott Bakula played Sam, the doctor, who'd jump into the characters, mm-hmm. and he would he would realize he would be all disoriented, uh-huh. and then he'd eventually see he'd eventually see a mirror. Every single time there was a mirror around, I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Every single time he know. leaped, it was a mirror around. Oh, there's always a mirror. <laughs> it sure was, wasn't it? <laughs> so he looked in the mirror and he'd see that it wasn't him or something. He'd be like, oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> It cracked me up every time he jumped into like a female and he saw what right. he looked like. 
I'm obviously I, that was their trick. They'd have the actor play, yeah. him, you know what I mean, what the guy, what the person looked like, and they'd just, like, uh, lean in on the other side, do the old, you know, uh-huh, the yeah. old Lauren Hardy bit, pretending <laughs> 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 to be a mirror. Oh, that's funny. All right, so yeah, that's that's episode for this week. So we, um, if you need to get in touch with us or you know have a comment, like uh, like we said before, go to Nerdcyclopedia Podcast. At um, gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Nerdcyclopedia. If you want to hashtag us for anything that you dislike (coughs) in the episode, hashtag (laughs) hate Sam. And if you want to tell us, (laughs) if you want to tell me, try to convince me why Doc Ock's not the number one Spider Man villain, you can always hashtag hate Scott as well, but good luck. (laughs) All right, and give me your Twitch handle, buddy. Oh, yeah, so Twitch. Twitch uh, TV slash SC Hitch uh, news this week. There's a Mega Man three tournament. I'm going to be running in. I will not be one of the better players. So it'll be. <laughs> I am well, not one of the better players in that. So I'm really at the bottom end. I'm probably the worst person in the tournament. So it's going to be a lot of fun to play at least. And I've okay. been learning that game. So uh, pretty interesting. Excellent. That's starting really soon. Actually, probably in the next couple of days. Oh wow. So, okay. Yeah. So I'll be going on for the next couple of weeks. I'll probably have about four or five matches. We'll be able to catch those. I, I can't remember. If, I don't know how many of them are going to be re-streamed, which means broadcast on a different channel. But I'll be updating as soon as that happens. So. Excellent, Hit me up excellent. on twitch.tv at uh, slash schitch. All right, excellent, excellent. And don't forget to um, visit us at um, nerdcyclopedia.com where we yeah. give you different updates and different story stuff. I mean, we promise we'll get the website to where it needs to be, but um, definitely visit us there and um, follow us on our different um, social media channels. So take us out, crazy man. Crazy man. <laughs>